Welcome to Scrolling, episode 100. I'm Ket. Joining me as always, Davius Starjumper. What's up, man? Not much. Just the just the the hundo. We did it. Just you know, just triple digits. No big deal. No big deal. Um, we'll have a big long discussion about uh, episode 100. We'll have a lot of thank yous and uh, things to say towards the end of the episode. But right up front, I do want to say just thanks to everyone who's been listening, who who has been following along, and has become our friends over the course of the last few years. It's been awesome. I hope it continues to to go into the future, you know, for many more years to come. Huge thank you to everyone. It has made it such an awesome journey. We can't go into that yet. That's the way we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Cause once the emotions start flowing guys, Ooh, no boy. Putting, uh, a lid back on that bottle. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, so before that we have, uh, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Of course, the Necrom PTS, uh, it just went uh, active last week. We're in week two of that right now. So we're going to talk about that, the Arcanist class, uh, some balance changes, some uh, some armor sets, some new armor sets. We have some builds to talk about. Uh, the fact that it's episode 100, of course, we'll talk all about that. We have a bunch of emails to get into, probably the most emails ever on an episode. And uh, who, know, who knows what else we'll get into along the way. You ready, Davius? Let's do it. Let's dive in. So PTS version 9.0.0 and 9.0.1, we're actually in week two of the PTS right now, uh, for the upcoming Necrom chapter, uh, this will be update number 38, 38th update for the Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, it's going to come out June 5th on PC, two weeks later on consoles, uh, and it's going to be a pretty big one. There are two new zones, the, the Telvani Peninsula uh, and Apocrypha. I, I logged into the PTS and ran around on the Telvani Peninsula for a little while. Um, it's basically Vardenfell without the volcano, basically, as far as I can tell. Have you logged in at all, Davius? I have not. You know me. I, I like to keep it, uh, I like to keep, you know, keep a little bit of mystery to it. But I was going to, is it even like Vardenfell jazzed up? Like, is it, is there a little bit of, a little bit of something there? It seems like maybe they turned up the saturation dial. Okay. A notch or two. We'll take it. We'll uh, take it. It's, yeah. uh, the colors are maybe a little more vibrant. And uh, I mean, it, it looks nice. It's a, it's a nice looking zone, but it's very much that sort of like mushroom kingdom. Yeah, so I was like say, a lot of, falls kind a lot of, of mushrooms and such, right? A lot of shrooms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you uh, go. There you go. <laughs> uh, I did not make it to Apocrypha. I think you have to follow a quest to get to Apocrypha. So I didn't, you know, I'm saving all that till later. I just kind of ran around for a little while. Um, but it has the usual zone stuff. There's some uh, some world bosses, public dungeons, delves, quests, you know, the usual stuff you get in a zone. Yeah. Uh, there's a new trial, Sanity's Edge, uh, which takes place inside the mind of a, of a person. Um, the new class, the Arcanist, we're going to talk all about that here in just a second. More important than the Arcanist, two new companions. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Big time. I didn't really pay attention to the companion info in the patch notes. I think one of them's an Argonian. Maybe. Who needs a new class when you got two new companions? That's true. That's true. When are when are we going to be able to take companions into a battleground? That's my question. <laughs> what a mess that would be. Honestly, do you think that I mean these these have to go down is probably going to be the two most overlooked companions in the game ever, right? Like it's got they're got they got to be the record going down. Hold on, back to companions and battlegrounds. Okay, if someone drops out of the group, or if you're like short a person, the companion is the fill-in until you find the replacement. Why not? I feel like that that would end a deathmatch battleground very quickly. 
<laughs> yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> the score, you got yeah, about 30 right. seconds just before that score. Finger. Yeah, just farm a All single. Right. Bad idea. Never mind. <laughs> uh, let's see. There's going to be some combat and balance changes that we'll talk a little bit about, some quality of life stuff, some new armor sets, uh, changes to existing sets, um, all that kind of stuff. But first, we're going to dig into this Arcanist, this new class. Um, so first thing I want to say is if you're looking for a deep dive, you should head over to YouTube and, and search for Arcanist Deep Dive ESO or something like that on there. This is not a deep dive. Um, I just logged onto the PTS and just kind of played around with this thing for a little while. You know, I didn't, I didn't really dissect it very deeply because I really do want to save the experience for mm -hmm. the live patch. I want to kind of get to know the class slowly, do the quest, uh, you know, skill by skill, get to kind of yep. get to know what, what it's all capable of and all that. Absolutely. Um, but I did play around a little bit and kind of get a sense of how the class works and how it's put together and everything. Uh, first thing is, is the thing that everybody says, which is that the visuals and the audio and just the general aesthetics are just top notch. It's like you're playing a, a completely different video game. Really? That it's that big of a difference? Like you can tell that big a difference with the animations? Especially audio wise. Animations, yes, because I feel like it's they're a lot brighter and flashier, almost maybe a little too bright. Like they should maybe tone it down just a little bit. Uh, but the audio, especially, it's like it's a lot more kind of futuristic sound, almost like sci-fi sounding. A lot of the, wow. the sound effects and stuff. That's exciting. Yeah, looks really really cool. But I wonder if it's going to seem like super out of place compared to everyone else, or if we'll just kind of get used to it or what. I feel like they need to turn the brightness down just a little bit on some of those animations. That saturation like, they they turned up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just from kind of reading their class ability tooltips and just kind of what their abilities do and stuff, uh, it seems like how they're how they're tuned right now. It all, it could all change, of course. It's early early in the PTS, but um, it seems like defensively and sustain wise, they're going to be like basically overpowered. Um, but they are kind of lacking offense, and a lot of people seem to kind of be of that same mind. It seems like a lot of the power budget is in that that big beam cannon ability that they kind of showcased a while back. Uh, turns out that's not an ultimate. That's a regular like magicka costing ability. And I think that's where a lot of the, the damage is coming from. It seems like that's actually going to be a pretty difficult ability to use in PVP. So I am wondering how this class is actually going to kill people in PVP. Uh, I did a little dueling on the PTS. Like I logged in with my Stamplar, old Betsy, my main. Okay. Um, dueled a few arcanists um the ones that could kill me they were like full proc cheese builds right they had like vatishran ice staff and uh master's dual wield and way of fire and any class is going to kill me with that setup you know that you're going to struggle yeah. against anybody with that yeah. setup um so that's not the arcanist that wasn't anything any reflection on the arcanist in those cases any Arcanist that I dueled that wasn't a proc cheese build, it was a total stalemate every time. I, I could not kill any of them. They were super tanky, and they really couldn't come close to killing me either, and I'm really not very tanky. That's kind of where they're at right now. That that could all change over the course of PTS. Uh, it could very well be that like they're so they have so much uh, like defensive passives and sustain and all that kind of stuff that they might not need to make those investments elsewhere in their build. Maybe they can just go full throttle damage with their, their sets and their Moondestone and all that stuff. And maybe that's where the damage will come from. It's very like complicated looking. There's a lot of like visual effects happening and it 
kind of seems complicated, but I think the reality is mechanically it's a very simple class. It's real. There's really not a lot to. I think just about anybody's going to be able to to play this class and and be good at it. Uh, the PVE parses that I've seen on YouTube it seems to be mostly about the beam cannon. It's mostly about like just generating crux and then beam and then generate some more crux and beam. That's kind of what it's about. Hmm. I'm very intrigued on on how this beam is going to play out like uh uh you you tested it at least a little bit right where it's just mm-hmm. and it, yeah, it just neat. it just follows the mouse is what you're saying like wherever you're it's free is. aim the whole time yeah it does not lock onto a target it's just you're just swinging that thing around <laughs> yeah that's just wild it does seem like controller players would be at a disadvantage with that it does seem like right. that it, it definitely seems like there's going to be a difference there Hey, what's up, Mr. Moon? Thanks for joining us, man. Aberdeen also. Wow. Got to take was, another screenshot. Hold on. Got the whole, it just got a massive crew here. They have um, kind of like the, the Warden and the Necromancer. The Arcanist has um, the three skill lines. It's like designated, like one for damage, one for healing, one for tanking. Um, I got to say, I was a little disappointed. I, I'm kind of tired of that sort of design scheme for classes i i kind of wish they'd get away from that yeah i actually hadn't really thought about this until i talked with you a little bit about it but it would i think this is a really good point it would be a lot cooler if they kind of interchanged those skills but went with more with three different themes like more of like themes to the character rather than specific this is your damage tree this is your healing tree like stick to a theme that is plays on the animations or the the style of the abilities and then inter- intermix the, the damage healing and defensive yeah, abilities. Yeah, that's how the original classes, I think pretty much all of them are, right? Like yeah. all three skill lines, each one is a, a different theme. And then within that theme, you know, you might have a healing ability, you might have a damage ability. I like how um, the Templar's Solar Flare ability, depending on which morph you choose, they're two completely different abilities, yeah. you know? Um, I think if they would get away from like the each skill line kind of being segmented like that there's a lot more flexibility that's possible you can make a lot of different kinds of arcanist builds you know yeah uh, rather than just here are your four or five damage abilities here are your four or five healing abilities and, and so on yeah um like my night blade like a typical night blade like their offensive loadout includes abilities from all three skill trees you know Damage shields, it seems like that's a big deal for their like defensive strategy, their defensive style. They have two damage shields ability, one of which seems really, really strong, uh, plus an ultimate that also is a, a big damage shield, and they have a passive that buffs damage shields. They also have access to the light armor damage shield, right? So they can just stack yeah. the heck out of damage shields if they want to. Um um so yeah and I've, I've heard some good things about the about their damage shields they're very very good um all three of their ultimates cost exactly 200 ultimate i just thought that was interesting i'm actually not crazy about that i feel like i feel like i i wish there was more versatility with that like sometimes i feel yeah. like based on the character you kind of choose all right do i want like a high costing alt or a low costing alt based on how you want to play the character so with them all being the same amount i feel like it takes a little bit away from the versatility yeah, I like a I like an offensive ult that's around that Dawnbreaker 120 range. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's kind of where I want it to be. Or if we could do more like a Crescent Sweep 70-ish, I mean, I'd take that too, for sure. 
I'm actually probably happy they don't have a 71 because I feel like that would take away from Crescent Sweep. <laughs> I feel like that's <laughs> yeah. part of the uniqueness. One of the coolest things about the classes is the skill descriptions, especially the uh, passive skills are very, very flavorful. And I went back to double check all the other classes. None of the other classes are this way. This is something that they started just with this class. So with the, the skills, like for example, they have this one passive that Basically, all it does is it uh, increases your healing done by 3% for each active crux that you have. Um, but the wording is, your mastery of weaving fate and abyssal water increases your healing done by 3% for each active crux. A couple others I wrote down, they're all this way, but the, the couple, my couple favorites here are, you stared too long into the abyss when you generate <laughs> crux, restore magicka or stamina, uh, and then... My very favorite one is uh, your attacks wound the mind with heretical knowledge, increasing your damage dealt with status effects by 15%. That's such a cool, like, small attention to detail. Yeah. Like, really fine-tuned. Yeah, I really like that. You get a little, like, reason why you deal extra status effects damage, you know? There's, like, a little kind of lore thing about what this class is all about, and you kind of get a sense of what this class even is. When you checked the other characters, like, I mean, skill descriptions, like, did you check on PTS? Like, surely they're going to update the other classes, right? Like, this has got to be something that they've got to spread. I don't know if I would say surely, but that would be really cool if they went back and updated at least the passive descriptions. Because all the other classes, even the Necromancer, the most recent one, it's just very just mechanical, like, the passive does this, you know, that's all it is. On the topic of passives, they have some really amazing passives. They have one that basically just gives them a permanent 5% boost to weapon and spell damage. It happens whenever you restore Magicka or Stamina, which is always, because you have Magicka <laughs> and Stamina recovery. Um, you, you deal that extra 15% damage with status effects. I wish that was a Necromancer passive, honestly. Yeah, um, man, yeah. That's a really good passive. Uh, they give minor evasion to their group. They have, a, they have a passive that gives, that's a very unique buff. Um, that's actually kind of a Templar nerf, but we'll talk about that later. Let's see. They reduce the cost and increase the strength of damage shields by 10%. Uh, they have some OP sustained passives, basically a permanent 18% boost to Magicka and stamina recovery. Surely that'll get nerfed. That's, that, that's yeah, that strong. can't stay that much. That's too much. <laughs> uh, and then they'll restore 225 Magicka or stamina when generating Crux, which they do all the time. So... Like I said, sustain-wise and defensive-wise, um, they're, they're probably going to be very, very overpowered at the, at the expense of damage. Um, they, they deal almost all magic damage. Uh, regardless of what morph you choose for their abilities, almost, with a couple of exceptions, almost everything is magic damage. Uh, the tentacle deals frost or physical damage, depending on morph choice, and then they have a class taunt that has a physical damage morph. Uh, but... Otherwise, everything is uh, is magic damage. Um, so, like War Maiden. That's what I was gonna say. War Maiden seems like it's gonna be real popular to start off. Um, the vast majority of their skills cost Magicka, also rega- regardless of morph choice. Uh, the exceptions are the Tentacle has a stamina morph, and the Taunt has a stamina morph. And then the spammable, really interesting. It chooses its resource cost based on which one is highest on your build. Uh, but it'll still deal magic damage in either case, but it, it'll just choose its resource cost. That's really neat. That's very unique. Yeah, that is cool. About the crux system, I really don't have a deep understanding of like um, how it's going to get utilized. 
from what I can see, just from reading the descriptions and stuff, I feel like what I'm going to do is just kind of decide on one or two abilities that are going to utilize Crux in my build, uh, and then just kind of set it up in such a way to where it gets it gets consumed automatically, and I'm not really thinking about it very much. You know, I, it'll probably just essentially end up being a passive, more or less, to me. So I have a, a question about the Crux system. Are there just there's certain abilities that when you use that ability, it just generates a Crux passively? Yeah, and it'll say in the description of the ability, <clears throat> and some of it'll be like, this morph generates crux, this morph consumes crux, you know, and for an enhanced effect. And mm. so you'll just have choices to make in your build about what's creating crux, what's consuming crux, and that kind of stuff. So I like it as a like a theory crafting, how am I going to set up my build sort of thing, but I'm wondering how much I'm really going to be consciously thinking about it when I'm playing. Yeah. Uh, Sam said that's what he did with the shield. He has his shield set up to be his crux consumer, and he says that's their strongest feature. Sam did a lot of dueling on the PTS uh, with the Arcanist, using mostly stat sets, I'm pretty sure. He made a point not to use like proc cheese and stuff. Um, so he has a pretty good handle on things. That shield, according to Sam and some others I've talked to, seems really, really good. The one I think it's the one from the healing skill line, I want to say. Said Rally, Wretched, Fete, Baylorg. Yep. That's a solid, that's a honorable build, Sam. Good on you, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, a few other, I have a kind of a list of a few other just like, oh, that was interesting things that I wrote down here. I'll try to kind of rapid fire these. Their class major damage buff is really interesting. It applies the buff passively to both bars. So you, you slot it on one bar, but you'll have the damage buff on both bars without having to cast anything. It has an extra um, active component when you do cast it. It makes your class abilities basically deal some bonus damage. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool. That's a cool idea. We were all curious about the tentacle arm from the, the trailers and stuff. It's basically an AoE spammable, so kind of like Dragon Breath or something like that. Um, it has a 15-meter range. It's a really long range. Um, it will immobilize anybody that it hits. Um, it has this abyssal ink thing that's basically a debuff that makes them take more damage from you. Um, and then one of the morphs is an execute. So it's kind of like a spin to win, except it goes out in a straight line instead of spinning in a circle. But uh, an AoE execute with a 15 meter range and it immobilizes people. And it has this, this debuff that makes them take more damage. Seems really, really strong. That seems really strong. So on the Abyssal Ink, what's like? What are the details on that? You, you, it makes them take more damage from just you, or just from... you? Okay. Yeah, I think it's just you. Okay. Pretty sure. Like I think it's five percent damage from you, and I think there's one morph that, but it's not the execute morph that. I think Crux is involved. Like however much Crux you have makes the Abyssal Ink cause them to take even more damage from you. I'm pretty sure that's how it is. Interesting. Um, if I'm remembering. Uh, already talked about the beam cannon. There's also a healing beam, uh, a different ability that basically looks exactly the same. It's the same free aim thing, uh, but it heals instead of deals damage. And on both of those, they, they can, they can consume crux to be extra potent. And I think that's the whole idea is you probably don't even want to use either one unless you have all three crux built up. Hmm. Um, they have dark convergence as an ability. I'm <laughs> really not looking forward to this. Uh, that sounds it's messy. like a, it's a yeah. It's a thing that you you cast on someone and it pulls in everyone around them and then it applies a dot to to all of those people. They actually changed it in week 2 so that instead of pulling in everyone within 8 meters, 
it pulls in everyone between two to eight meters. So it's like a donut zone <laughs> that it'll pull people in from, but it'll apply the dot to anybody in that area. Yeah, that seems concerning because you know that there's going to be some dark convergence on Arcanist, so it's going to be a lot of potential pulling happening here. Yeah, that'll be annoying. You know that'll get spammed like crazy. Um, the portal is really cool, except it has a seven-second cooldown, and that's a little bit of a bummer. Um, that honestly makes it to where I'll very likely slot Mistform instead, but it is cool. The the portal is neat, and, and you can use it in ways that you can't use Mistform. Like, you can actually, like, go up and down different levels and stuff like that. I think that's why it's balanced that way, to have that cooldown. Um... I hope they at least reduce that cooldown. That really makes it a bummer to me. Does it la the whole the portal lasts for seven seconds, like the entire time yeah. until? Yeah, and you can run back and forth between the two portals yeah. as much as you want um, while while it's active. It's also nice, like when you cast it, you can just like not break stride at all. Just cast it and keep running, and you'll get sucked right into it. Pretty effective as a escape tool like that. So let me ask you this: so with the seven seconds, you could just bounce back and forth as much as possible through it. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's going to be... I feel like that there's some players out there that are going to learn how to use that really well. Like how to... Oh, yeah, I'm sure. How to jump in a fight and then jump out. And I could I could see players utilizing that just the way it is really effectively. Yeah, you could like set it up in advance, you know, like have mm -hmm. it ready in case you need it. Totally, yeah. It's interesting. Um, the armor buff looks really good. I, I, that's something that I really pay attention to. Like, what's my character going to look like? I think the armor buff looks sick. Um, it's not, like, too obtrusive. Like, you can still see your outfit and all that stuff, but it's also very, you know, obvious. You can definitely tell that that's an Arcanist. Um, and it's good. It applies minor breach to anybody that attacks you while it's active. That's really handy. Wow, that's a good one. The class damage combo, I'm guessing, is just generate crux and hit him with the beam is kind of the idea. And if you're not using the beam, you basically have like a, a self buff that lasts 20 seconds and you have a dot that lasts 20 seconds and you have that abyssal ink you can put on them that lasts 20 seconds. So you have like three long 20 second timers and a spammable. If you're not using the beam, you know, that's what you have to work with. So there's no delayed burst. There's no real complicated mechanics of any kind within the class. You know, that's why I'm saying like, where's the damage coming yeah. from? Um, cause that beam is going to be tough to use in PVP. Like people give it two weeks. Everyone's going to be ready for that thing. They're going to know exactly how to counter it. It does not lock on to targets. So you're going to be able to get out of the way of that thing easily. Um, so I just don't think that's going to do the trick in PVP and where else does the damage come from is my question. And it may very well be like I was just saying, like they have such good defense and such good sustain built into their class that they can just make a hundred percent damage investments. And that's where the damage comes from. Maybe. Also, it's very early in PTS, so we never know <laughs> we where we're going to end changes. up. You know, I predicted it would be a jabs versus cynical, but I was wrong. It's going to be a beam versus beam. Still the rivalry <laughs> with the Templar, but beam is going to be a beam off. Because that the Templar beam is still a problem. Sure. <laughs> very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Um, but that's basically all I have to say about the Arcanist. I'm, I'm trying to save it for the live patch, so I'm not really going to dig in any more than that. Any other things to say or questions, Davius? I, I just I, I'm, I just wanted to say I'm excited for those that first couple of weeks where you know there's just going to be Arcanists everywhere, Chaos. and I feel like that the majority of people are not going to know how to drive those things, and so it's just going to be oh yeah, it's going to be wait. just yeah, it's going to be a madhouse. ridiculous. 
So that's the Arcanist. We'll uh we'll see what else on the happens on the live patch. And probably like I'm sure over the course of PTS there will be uh balance adjustments and things like that to the class. I doubt we really cover those things all that much just because something that's not even in the game yet, mm-hmm. you know, what's the difference? You know, we'll see it we'll see it when it goes live. Um so anything that's like I don't know, maybe a big drastic change we'll talk about, but if it's just like tweaking numbers and stuff like that, we're not going to be talking about that. So, um, other combat imbalance changes that affects uh, other classes and everybody that's you know currently playing the game. Um, we'll talk about those here. So, they did make a note that they're keeping the changes small so that uh, people can focus on just enjoying the content and they're not worried about like how does my class work now. One thing is melee attacks have all been standardized to seven meters. So, I think the standard right now is five meters, and I think it was seven meters at some point in the past. Mm-hmm. Seven years that. again. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah. Seems like something that I saw on the internet. Um, <laughs> so basically a, a little bit of a buff to, to melee builds. Um, the Empower buff um, is has been reduced to 70%, so it increases heavy attacks by 70%, not 80%. Um, there's a dev comment that essentially just says heavy attack builds have been overperforming. I don't know where in the world they're getting that idea. <laughs> I think the the true story to this is they just they figured out that I got my sergeant's lightning staff, and so that was that <laughs> finally was got your heavy attack build put together. So run, time to nerf it. Run twenty seven was a success, and they went okay. Now it's time. Now it's time, everybody. <laughs> time to nerf it. Time to nerf it. Um, it's still going to be a totally acceptable yeah, build. Still going to work. Um, Dragon Knights, the Elder Dragon passive no longer extends melee attacks, uh, range by two meters since they were all standardized to seven meters. That's what it put them at anyway. So no need for that. And then it now gives you 259 health recovery per draconic, uh, power ability slotted rather than 5% health recovery. So just a little tweak to that. Uh, Necromancers kind of a silly buff but i'm actually kind of excited about it the flame skull ability uh increased the damage bonus of the of the third hit to 50 percent instead of 20 percent i think this actually i think this is a good one just because i feel like that we'll actually start to see the necro class spammable a little bit i i like it i use it on my bow crow um and having that third cast bumped up to 50 percent increased damage that's going to be decent damage and that stamina morph um, all other necromancer abilities count towards that third cast. So in practice, with that morph, it's really more like every other ca- every other cast when you're using it. Because like you typically do like blast bones, spammable, spammable, blast bones, spammable, spammable, right? So blast bones is going to count towards that third cast every time. Mm-hmm. So that that fifty percent bonus damage is going to be part of your combo reliably every single time. So I'm looking forward to that. My my Bokro, he definitely could use a little bit of extra sauce. Um, so there there it is, right there. Uh, Nightblades. Thank goodness Nightblades are getting a buff. Um, <laughs> the Death <laughs> the Deathstroke <laughs> Ultimate, that's the base ability of NCAP, their famous ultimate. Uh, they increased that 20% uh, damage buff to 8 seconds instead of 6 seconds. So uh, when a Nightblade hits you with NCAP... Um, you know, it, it has always been you take 20% more damage from them for the next six seconds. Uh, it's now going to be eight seconds. 
the devs say Nightblades <laughs> have been too far behind in single target DPS as PVPers. That sounds hilarious. That sounds insane to hear. I've never once thought that as I was getting gang trained. I believe lately. that's a PVE comment uh, right there. It's gotta be. <laughs> Gots to be. Uh, concealed weapon. The 10% damage bonus is now granted if the ability is cast while Major a- Expedition is active. Uh, rather than when when major expedition ends, so you're actually required to use the skill now in order to get that buff. But it still operates the same way when you're leaving stealth. So when you come out of stealth, it will still give you that that damage bonus passively. Um, but basically in PVE, like on my Magblade right now, I have this ability slotted just for a passive 10% damage boost. I'm not going to be able to do that anymore, you know, because you'll actually have to cast the ability to to get that. Yeah. Um, so that's all for Nightblades. Uh, I think for, as far as PVP goes, that's, that's irrelevant to them. They're mostly getting that from coming out of stealth. Uh, so basically in PVP, just a buff from that end cap buff there. Thank goodness. Poor Nightblades. <laughs> Been really worried about them lately. Um, Sorcerers, the dark exchange, uh, ability, the base ability now grants minor berserk for 20 seconds. Uh, and then the dark deal morph, the one that costs, magicka and gives you stamina uh that gives you minor berserk and minor force for for the duration which is 10 seconds for that morph so basically stam sorks get minor berserk and minor force mag sorks just get minor berserk um just wow i mean (laughs) (laughs) it just i mean it is interesting because of all the complaints that you see from sorcerers it's not really that they're lacking in damage it's really mostly they're asking for defensive buffs you know the oh, um, the kill counts are going to be wild. I I mean they already are, but this is going to be a whole new level of just oh my goodness. Oh yeah, and um, crit works really well in stam sorks too. So them getting um that that minor force just guaranteed permanent on their build all the time. Like holy cow, use that uh orders wrath set. You know maybe wretched vitality back bar and um that's probably going to be pretty solid. Yeah, just straight buff to the same sork. It's going to be nuts. Um, the Atronach ultimate, it grants the major berserk from the synergy. Uh, it now lasts 10 seconds instead of eight seconds, and it will apply to 12 targets instead of six targets. Uh, a little bit of a buff to that. I wish they would make that so that the, the Sork could activate the synergy. That would be pretty nice. You just want major and minor berserk. Not enough for you, huh? <laughs> Give me more. <laughs> Give me more. <laughs> um, Templars. Templars actually are getting some buffs. Some of them are maybe not as nice as they seem. We're going to talk about it here. So uh, Focus Charge, that's the base ability of the class Gap Closer. Uh, It's now going to grant major protection for four seconds. That's the base ability. Um, Explosive Charge, uh, that's going to extend major protection to 10 seconds. So basically uh, permanent uptime on major protection with that Explosive Charge. Which most people use toppling charge right now, um, so that definitely gives this a lot more attractiveness to make some people consider that other morph now. You still will get it for four seconds with the toppling morph, so you still do get it, um, but ten whole seconds, man, that's going to be nice. I feel like a lot of people are going to be using that. Yeah, major protection. That's Major yeah. protection. So the devs say that they think this is going to help Templars actually offensively because it's going to allow them to dive in and kind of go hard without having to worry about losing too much health. Um, I say 
Templars can already do that. <laughs> they don't need major protection. <laughs> Templars are already basically immortal if they want to be. Uh, you can already dive in and not die. You can go ham. Uh, the problem is going ham doesn't really pose a huge threat a lot of the time. So people can just kind of target dummy parse on you, you know, and that's how they end up overwhelming you uh, eventually. So I just yeah. don't think this is going to have the offensive benefit that that dev comment says it's going to have since yeah. Templars can kind of already do that. I, I have concern with 100% uptime on major protection combined with the bubble. Like, yeah. That's going to well, be standing inside like both your circles and yeah. they have a great defensive kit already. It's going to be, they're going to be tough to take down. I think mm-hmm. and that's going to be all they're going to be. They're just going to be walking target dummies and beam bots. Yep. The beam. Um, solar flare, the, the base ability now grants this new, uh, sun sphere buff uh, for five seconds after casting it increases the damage of your class abilities by five percent uh, and then if you use the solar barrage morph which i use on old betsy uh, that increases that sun, sun sphere buff uh, duration to 20 seconds so 20 whole seconds of of your class abilities dealing five percent more damage so basically like a unique minor berserk just for your class abilities that you know stacks with minor berserk that's pretty nice <laughs> you were um, so excited. <laughs> I was so excited until somebody on the forums pointed out that um, this new Arcanist class, they have a passive that grants minor evasion to everybody. And, you know, we always play Battlegrounds. That's basically all we do. 100% guaranteed there's going to be an Arcanist, at least one on every single oh, team, yeah. every single match. So everyone has permanent minor evasion now. So we have a, you know, a 5% buff to our class abilities minus a 10% nerf. <laughs> because everybody has minor <laughs> evasion now. Um, so I'm actually, I, I'm expecting to actually feel less powerful this patch than I do right now, even though I'm getting a 5% damage buff. What are your thoughts on that? You wish, do you wish they'd get rid of the minor evasion for everybody, or do you wish they'd bump this to 10%? Yeah, I think they need to bump this up to like 12%. Because, okay, they gave Nightblades a unique 10% damage buff that applies to all damage done. Very easy access to that. This only applies to class abilities. Bump that baby up to 12. Oof, I say. Uh, it's probably going to end up being 8, I bet, is my prediction. Okay. Mark it down. Everybody write down 8. That's what Kit's picking. I'm going to pick 7. I'm going to uh, price this right you on that one. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Sam says minor evasion does not affect Sam's beam plar, though. That's true. The beam plars will still thrive. They're going to be great. Don't worry. <laughs> Do not worry about those. Don't beam worry about plars. those guys. The beam offs. It's going to happen. Um, rune focus. That's the class armor buff. It's also your main sustain tool. It, uh, this is a great buff, actually. Um, so it now heals for 2% of your max health every second that it's active, uh, rather than 4.5% of your max health while you're standing in it. Uh, so just 2% of your max health the whole time it's active, no matter what. Uh, and then that effect is increased by 200% while you are standing inside of it. So that would be 6% of your max health. Uh, so double buffed, basically. It heals you for more while you're standing inside of it. And, you know, it heals you for something while you're not standing inside of yeah. it. Pretty nice. I am highly concerned about uh, the rune focus, focus charge with the major protection with the bubble. Yeah. And, uh they're just if you're a Templar <laughs> and you don't want to die, that's that's going to be an easy an easy thing to achieve, you know, just to be how, completely immortal. 
How long does Rune Focus? Is 20 seconds? Is that right? I want to say it's like 20. Yeah, it's a, it's a long buff for sure. Yeah. So the devs say they, um, they basically want to help Templars to be more survivable while being on the move. So they're speaking Betsy's language there. So that sounds pretty good to me. So the only thing I want to say is they need to buff that Sun Sphere thing and they need to fix Backlash, guys. The base ability of Power of the Light. It's been three patches now that this ability, this ability literally does not function properly in PvP. Battle Spirit applies to it twice. It hits for less than a spammable. Yeah. You gotta fix this ability, guys. It's our main delayed burst attack. We rely on this to get kills, and we I haven't been slotting it for months, you know, because yeah. it's not worth slotting. It's not worth the global cooldown that it takes to cast it. So. That delayed burst is an important ability for a class. Yeah, and even when it works properly, it's harder to use than other classes. You know, you have to deal damage to charge it up. It's a uh, you know, it's it's a hard ability to use anyway. Anyway, uh, I'm glad to see Templars at least getting some attention, and they did they did tell us ahead of time, like, hey, we're keeping it all small for now, uh, which kind of maybe hints that uh, it, will, it will be not so small in the third quarter. Um, so fingers crossed. Wardens get a little bit of a nerf. The Arctic Blast ability is now going to stun after a two-second delay rather than immediately. Uh, and if you recast the ability early, it will reset that two-second timer. So you, you got to wait for it. Um, shout out to Joral. He made a good point that this is probably going to prompt a lot of Wardens to explore the other morph, Polar Wind, and then they'll discover that it's totally overpowered and it's the one they should have been using all <laughs> along. And then that's going to get nerfed. So Joral's not looking forward to that. And then this seems fun. Seems crazy, but also fun. Uh, the bow ability, Acid Spray. Uh, they increased the dot damage by 38%. Already a really strong dot. This is one of those dots that only lasts four seconds. So, you know, like shorter duration dots are always really strong. Uh, on the PTS, on Old Betsy, that has about a 12k tooltip. 12,000 damage over four seconds. Super strong dot. So we got to get some bow some bow builds together. Get a get a, a Asylum bow in the group. and um, Absolutely. Cause some havoc with that. Um, so the, yeah, those are basically all the significant, uh, balance changes that are being made. There's also a bunch of new armor sets. We're not going to talk about all of them because we're already going to be here all night, but, uh, we're, <laughs> we're going to do the, the thing we've been doing the last few, uh, patches, which is, uh, Davis is going to pick two to talk about, and I'm going to pick two to talk about. Um, Davis, you go first. What are, what are the sets that you have? So the first one I'm going to talk about, I'm actually kind of bringing up this set just because I'm not. Like it's probably my least favorite of of the ones coming out, and it's the it's an Overland set. It's the Adamant Lurker, the Overland Heavy Armor set. Uh -huh. um, the two piece is health recovery, three piece max health, and then four piece is health recovery again. The five piece is you gain one thousand five hundred and five health recovery while you are standing still. So that, that seems weak sauce. Yeah, like. One, I, yeah, I, I think that's just my, the 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 whole thing about this that just concerns me the most is just the standing still. Like, I don't like a set that promotes you to not move. We've talked a lot, a uh, hundred episodes worth, if you will, of, <laughs> of just like how great the combat system is and how mobile you can be and the dodging. And so like to have a set to promote you to stand still just seems... I don't know, it just seems a little counterproductive to me. Yeah, and health recovery just isn't really a stat that anyone's interested in right now. You yeah. Know, like, it, 
it gets cut in half in PvP, so it's just a big turnoff there. And in PvE, I just get a sense that it's not something anyone really cares about there either. Yeah, so I just kind of I, I brought that one up just because I, I don't like the standing still part. Like I, I like that they're looking new ways to come up with sets, but I don't like promoting a player to stand still. All right. The second one is uh, that I wanted to talk about is a crafted set, and it's called uh, Seeker Synthesis. Great name. Good name. Good name right there. Uh, the two-piece is max health. The three-piece is max magicka. Four-piece, max stamina. Um, so just full max stats. The five-piece is when you cast an ability that costs resources while you're in combat. Uh, you reduce your potion cooldown by 0.6 seconds. And this can happen every 0.6 seconds. Yeah, that seems cool. I'm just intrigued by it. Like, I don't know how no, this would work. No limit? Yeah. Is, like, do, the, do the stacks last forever? Yeah. Like, it never says a limit. Like, can you just build your way up to where you're just spamming potions? Like, I don't know. Like, it doesn't scream like this massive overpowered set to me. Like, I don't know what the huge benefit is there. Like, obviously, the first thought is you could pair it with that set that and I always forget the name of it, but uh, Clever Alchemist, um, where you could maybe you could shorten the buff up. And I don't even know if that would be it worth it. It could essentially be a sustain set if you just want to chug potions and that's Oof. your only sustain. <laughs> Nobody can afford that nowadays. <laughs> like Mother of Dragons, this, she's the one out there that could. <laughs> but what if you could just use, what if this is so cracked that you could just use trash potions if you're just chugging them every like two seconds? You know? That's a great point. I, I just, I'm so curious of like, how quickly can you get Put it this? On an Argonian? Like, how quickly can you use potions on this? Like, what can you get that cooldown down There's to? There's got to be some catch that's not clear. I mean, that just, it's infinite, just like every time you cast an ability, just forever and ever. That's, that's so, I, I, yeah. So, yeah. You reduce your cooldown by 0.6 seconds, it can occur every 0.6 seconds. Yeah. So, like, in just a few minutes you have like yeah that's I don't something know. something's I'm do, missing i'm not gonna try that. to do the math there but that's uh that's <laughs> something's a missing right because it, it it's not it doesn't like you said it doesn't even mention a cap like yeah no cap no no like uh duration to those stacks i just they're permanent as long as you're in combat i guess I think we're talking the cool lingo. You you just said no cap, right? That's a that's the cool oh, thing. No. There oh, we no. go. We got it. We did it. Uh, oh. I I accidentally became cool. <laughs> it was totally accidentally though. Totally accidentally. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah, that's I just an interesting one. Yeah, I was just really intrigued by it. I I don't necessarily have an idea on it, but it Raised a lot of questions for no, me. There's, there's definitely a wacky build involving uh, an Argonian and something going on there. Got to be. For sure. For sure. The ones that I have uh, picked, first one is uh, Transformative Hope. It's one of the trial sets, light armor set. Uh, it's the healing set. So it's uh, healing done. The three piece gives you minor Aegis. Uh, four piece is mag recovery. And the five piece. Uh, while in combat, you heal yourself or an ally. Uh, when you heal yourself or an ally that is below 40% health, you ignite a spark of hope within them for three seconds. If they're above 90% health when the effect ends, you and the ally gain major heroism for 15 seconds. It's a really long time um, with a 20 second cooldown per target. So uh, I just kind of like the concept of this, uh, yeah. of this set where like... Uh, like you have this ally that's like low on health, they're about to die. You're igniting this spark of hope. You can do it. You can pull through, buddy. 
And then if they do, they get rewarded with this yeah. major heroism. You know, and you, you both do. It's really neat. Just like the role play aspect of it. This is, this is really good. Like innovation. I feel like for a set, like a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. Um, and it causes you to like, you know, really, you know, spam heal player. There's a little mini game you, you play there, yeah. you know, you, to, to get something out of it. Yeah, it's neat. Very interactive. I thought that was a really cool idea for a set. And pretty good cooldown, really. I mean, if you're giving it to him for 15 seconds and 20 second yeah. cooldown, like that's that's pretty good uptime for a major Depending heroes. On if, if they're taking a lot of like constant damage, uh, there may be times when you have a potentially pretty good yeah. uptime. And that. you and the ally. So that's a big piece to it is that you're getting that major mm-hmm. heroism as well. I, I like this one. I, I mean, I, I bet in PvP you would have a higher uptime than you might expect on that. P- oh, you know, absolutely. You're, you're gaining, you're losing and gaining health all the time. You know, your health bar is just bouncing up and down always. Well, think about like uh, when you, you know, and Take I don't an know. Take an dump and you don't quite die, you know, well, it never heals you up. I was thinking about like if you use the heal ult, I don't I was just trying to think if you can generate ult. I think you can generate ult right after you use it. So yeah. you do the heal ult and then you're, I mean, that's going to be almost a guaranteed major heroism for you and an ally for 15 seconds. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you could spam, like if it could spread to the whole team, like. If you're doing uh, per you're, target, the cooldown is per target. So if, if everyone's low wow. on health and they all meet the conditions, then yeah. You could do a heal ult and give your entire team and you major heroism for 15 seconds. And then guess what? You're just loading that heal ult right mm-hmm. back up again. That could be. That That's neat. It's a be, neat set. That could be a Davius thing. Davius, my, my, my Magplar going for That could be something there. Sam says heal ult Oakenbot. Yep. I can see Absolutely. that. Um, and then the other set I wanted to mention is just kind of a weird one. It's a crafted set called Shattered Fate. It's another one of these 12-piece crafted sets. So this would be your entire build. Um, what's weird about this one is it only gives a 5-piece, a 10-piece, and a 12-piece bonus. 5, 10, 12. So if you want to wear four pieces, you get nothing. <laughs> if you if you want to wear seven pieces, you, you know, you get the five piece bonus, but nothing beyond that. It's weird. It's a weird choice there. I just want to see what the UI looks like. Like I just I want to see what that looks like. The five piece gives you 7918 offensive penetration, so basically 8000 penetration. Uh the 10 piece gives you 687 weapon and spell damage and the 12 piece gives you 1528 crit chance. Um I haven't actually done the math myself, but I've seen some people talking online and I, I'm just going to go ahead and believe what they said that that's basically equivalent to like two five piece sets and two like one piece monster sets. If you were to combine all that together, you know, 12 pieces of gear there, that's basically what you're getting. Um, which to me makes it seem like probably not worth using really, if you're kind of giving up a mythic and and an actual monster set and whatever procs and whatever, whatever else. Seems like if you're going to go all the way to 12 with that, that really ought to be that that 12 piece bonus really needs to be something special. Yeah, I think that the biggest problem with this is that. Absolutely no max stats like. Yeah, I feel like it's good, like that's a lot of penetration and that's a lot of weapon and spell damage, but. You know, with without those bonuses in between, like there's so much that stacks up. Uh, yeah, because you're gonna have to get those max stats from like sugar skulls or something. Yeah, and like then, where, then you like still where gotta get sustained from somewhere. Anyway, 
I just thought that was an interesting one. I, I, th- I, feel, I feel like they need to kind of spice it up a little bit. But my first thought when I saw this set, though, was that uh, we need to have a Stoons Goons BG <laughs> night, and this is the only set allowed. Everybody was wearing this. That would be fun. Um, I got to say, in general, I'm, I'm not super blown away by the new armor sets. Some cool new mythics. We're about to talk about those. But the, the other armor sets, I was not super blown away by any of them. Like None of them I'm thinking like, oh, I got to get my hands on that set. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like the the transformative hope you mentioned, I could see that potentially working pretty good for for the idea I've I have for Davius's build. But like, I'm not in a huge rush to want to get that and try it out. It's more of just I could see that being a cool idea. But mm-hmm. um, I, sh- I struggle on the trial sets that they still do the 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 minor Aegis. Yeah, that's just a dead. I know. Like you don't use that in PvP. That's just dead. I wish they just added that on with like a regular three piece. Like give it that and like max magic Recovery, or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, just give us something so it's not just a dead uh, line for, for PvP agree. players. That's a toughie. That seems to be like a conscious choice they're making there. Like this is for people who do trials. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, I like that idea of it, but. I feel like that if you did that and uh, a line item, then you're going to have more players doing trials. Like, (laughs) you know, it's going to, it's going to be more PVP players trying to get trial set. Um, so three new, three new mythics. Uh, honestly, all three seem really interesting and kind of scary. (laughs) It's going to be a scary time. This first one is probably the one I'm least, or probably the most concerned about. Um, Velothi Urmage's amulet. So it's a necklace. So it gives you 4968 offensive penetration. So basically 5000 penetration. Uh, it increases your damage done to monsters by 15% and critical damage done, I think, also just to monsters by 15%. Uh, but it reduces your light and heavy attack damage by 99%. So your, your light and heavy attacks basically do no damage. Um, 15% extra damage and critical damage to monsters, 5,000 extra penetration to everybody, players and monsters. But your light mm. attacks hardly do anything to anybody. So snipe spammers and beam spammers, they're often the same person, often the same build, <laughs> um, are probably going to love this thing. I think if you're looking for a good snipe build, one single item that gives you 5,000 penetration, that's going to be hard to pass up. You don't really need light and heavy attacks on a sniper be- or a beam build. Yeah. So I think that's pretty easy to give that up. Um, so um, I, think, I think this is going to be very popular for a lot of people. There's a lot of play styles that don't really require a lot of uh, light and heavy attacks that are very effective. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Um, be on the lookout for that. That's going to hurt. Next mythic is called Esoteric Environment Greaves. So it's a heavy set of legs. Um, this one's probably, I, I just got done saying this, the one, the first one's the one I'm most worried about. Now I'm just thinking this one's the one I'm most worried about. <laughs> uh, this one's probably going to be pretty darn annoying. While you are above 33% stamina, reduce your damage taken by 50% and lose 1567 stamina whenever you take direct damage up to once every 0.5 seconds uh, and the, the dev comment says that that stacks with other sources of damage mitigation including block 
So it's basically like a double block. Block reduces damage by 50% and it consumes stamina, right, when you block. So this is just like a permanent, 50, when you're above 33% stamina, it's like permanently having block active all the time. You're taking 50% reduced damage, but you're also consuming stamina when you take direct damage. And then you can, you can also block on top of that. So that'd be like 75% damage mitigation, but you're taking double stamina consumption. I, you know, we, we were talking about the concern on this one is that there's going to be a player that we feel like is out there that's going to figure out a way to. Someone's going to break this. Oh, yes. yeah. And, you know, I was just thinking through this, just through some of the sets we talked about, like with these Templar changes, get major protection, this thing. Uh, throw that set I talked about the you were just talking about the the quick potion set. Uh-huh. Start cranking out potions while you've got this thing. You know, and, <laughs> just, I mean, you, you just, just you'd never chug die. a stack of potions. <laughs> Major protection. Just make it where you can chug potions constantly. I mean, you would just you would be. Uh, it's just I don't know. I just feel like this one is uh, somebody's going to find a way to just make themselves completely unkillable. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's this is ripe for abuse. So that'll be annoying. Uh, and then the, the third mythic item is called Crypt Can Investments. It's a light chess piece. This one's really cool. You can no longer cast ultimate abilities. Uh, instead, casting an ultimate ability transfers your ultimate resource to your living group members, divided equally among them. Uh, you also gain minor heroism at all times. The devs say that uh, sets that proc from casting ultimates will not work when you're using this mythic item. So that seems like up your alley, Davius. What do you think about that? Very cool idea. Very cool idea. I actually, I've been reading about this one a little bit for a while, and I don't think this actual build will work, but the the build idea that I kind of had for this one is like a, a, a buff PvP build, not like a support healer build, but just a build that gives like buffs to the rest of the team, like major and minor buffs, like just as many buffs as possible you're giving them ultimate as well i just i don't know how effective it would be because it's i feel like it could potentially be missing a lot but that was my initial idea of thinking this is uh, that would be cool to have a pvp like a uh, character that's just about buffing the rest of your team yeah I thought of you because I know you love ultimate builds and you love like mm -hmm. especially like support builds to give other people ultimate but since it's a mythic item, you'd have to take Oaken Soul off. So I just, I don't That's think it's going to happen. That's true. The only one like, that it could potentially happen on is, is my main Davius, but I don't know. Taking Oaken off is, ooh, it's a t that's a toughie. Yeah. That's a toughie. But I do like this. I, I think it's a really, really cool idea. Like good, once again, good innovation on like item creation here. Like, I think that's really outside the box. Neat idea. Very cool. Very unique. I'm thinking like in a raid group in PvE, surely this is going to be mandatory on at least like a couple of people in the group, right? Mm -hmm. Just keep keep those ultimates cranking. I would imagine maybe on your healers. I don't think healing ultimates are used all that much in PvE. I could be wrong, um, but I don't think they're actually necessary all that often. Think about, think about this item with that uh, set you talked about, where once you heal them, you give them uh, major heroism. Oh yeah, uh, and yeah. you give yourself major heroism, so you're just continually, yeah, just like feeding them all. Yeah, I could see that being yes. a cool combo. Actually, I didn't even think of that. That's a perfect mm -hmm. combination. Yeah, could just it'd be like just constant feed, just alt feed to your team. Mm -hmm. 
I kind of want to try that. Maybe that's the way to do it. Forget the yeah, buff build. My, just a just warden. a giving alt build. <laughs> yeah, just you you have you you always have your ultimate all the time. Yeah, that would be so cool. Um, all right, so that's all the new sets we're going to talk about. Uh, also, some changes to some existing sets. Uh, a bunch of small adjustments. We're going to skip most of them, but uh, the significant ones we'll talk about here. Um, the storm master set, that's one of the key sets in that, that famous heavy attack build that everybody's using. Um, so storm master, it, it now only works against monsters. No longer will work in PVP. Great Thank change. Goodness. Yes. Great change. The heavy attack builds have been a scourge, especially in like morning time battlegrounds. You know, one or two of them are free kills, but six of them are <laughs> like a serious pain in the rear. It's, yeah. Um, so they will take I'm you down. Take that. down as many as you can, but you will get taken down by them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can take down, you know, one or two maybe, but when there's, yeah, when there's four of them, just or four or five or six, just ranging you down from all different directions, those heavy attacks do some serious damage. <laughs> yes, they so do. You can't just sit there and take tank it out. Um, so I'm glad about that. Uh, the the five piece bonus now lasts eight seconds instead of twenty seconds, and the cooldown is five seconds instead of ten seconds. So that basically means that there's a three second window there that you have to proc it, or you'll have downtime. It'll fall off. Um, so it's just it's a lot harder to maintain a permanent uptime on it now. Um, people on the forums were reporting about an eighty percent uptime. Um, and remember, M power was nerfed, right? It's seventy percent to your heavy attacks now. So so those heavy attack builds definitely getting nerfed a little bit. Um, but from what I'm seeing people say online, it seems like the, the DPS is still totally viable. Um, I think it makes sense. You should not be able to do 100k DPS just holding a heavy attack button. <laughs> you know, I'm sorry. I think, you know, doing 80k is reasonable. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, so... You can still, that's still enough to do everything, all the, the veteran stuff and everything. And there's lots of other advantages to those heavy attack builds. You know, you get a lot of really awesome buffs from Oaken Soul. It's a very survivable build. Sustain is not a consideration at all since you're just doing heavy attacks all the time. So yeah, I think that, I think that makes total sense to rein those in just a little bit. Plague Break now only targets players. Um, so you can only target players with it, but the AOE can still hit mobs and it can be amplified. The damage can be amplified by mobs, but it can only proc on players. Um, the devs say it was being abused in PVP. Like I could see, especially in Imperial city where you can just put it on a mob that dies right away. Um, and it was overperforming in PVE, they say. Hmm. It's funny to me that 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 dev comment made me laugh because it's like now only targets players was being abused in PvP. It's just reading those two sentences one after the other just made me laugh. It's like what? Well, the <laughs> well, okay that that is my paraphrase of the dev comment because the dev talk comment is much longer and I don't want to read all that, so I just kind of <laughs> sum it up myself. Um, so, but, but yeah, makes, you know, you can it put it sense. you can put it on like a zombie in Imperial mm -hmm. City and it just dies immediately and explodes and kills yeah. everyone. Yes, and and it hits a bunch of zombies and it's really gonna. Mm -hmm, be nasty. Exactly. So that makes sense. Um, Mara's bomb. This happened um, week two, just yesterday. Mara's bomb got a pretty hefty nerf. Uh, they increased the cooldown of the cleanse uh, to thirty seconds instead of fifteen seconds. So they they doubled that cooldown. Uh, the devs say they wanted it to be less of a counter to dot builds, basically. 
I love this change. <laughs> I posted a screenshot of this change in the Discord, and I said something like, you know, oh, another buff to DK is kind of meaning it as a joke. Uh, but then, then, of course, people pointed out a lot of DKs use this set, too. Oh, yeah. So depends on how you look at it, really. Kind of a buff, kind of a nerf uh, to DKs. But I'm thrilled to see Mara's Bomb get nerfed. It's still a super strong set, though. Honestly. Still, still a great set, but I, I, I agree. I like this change. There's been so many times on my brawler builds that it's just like, man, I could just throw Mara's on there and it would take care of so many issues. So the more they nerf it, the more it's like, I don't have to want to try to throw this set on every brawler. You're not tempted. I have. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I like, I like this change. I, I think it needs to be nerfed. Any set that is kind of that way that it's like, oh, I always just throw that on there. Like, I like when those sets get nerfed. Any defensive set, nerf it as much as you like. Never going to make me mad nerfing a defensive set. <laughs> um, even even his, I really like his sap, and I've been using it a lot. But hey, if you want to nerf it, it's strong. Don't make me too mad. It's strong. Um, then there's some uh, some other base game changes. They're uh, um, reworking how like uh, reset timers work. So like a uh, monthly leaderboards and Cyrodiil and Tales of Tribute and that kind of stuff. Uh, that all that stuff's going to reset on the first day of each month rather than being like on this 30 day thing. Great change. Yeah. That'll be nice and convenient. Um, they added a collectible or a favorites feature to the collectibles menu. So you can add like pets and costumes and different things. Uh, you can mark them as a favorite, uh, or, or your mounts. You can mark your mounts as a favorite. Um, they included a new feature that lets you randomize mounts. So every time you summon a mount, it's a totally different one every time. It can be among all mounts or just your favorite mounts. You can you can set it up either way. I'm definitely going to do that. Can't wait. It's a good idea. Good idea to use like all the different mounts you collect. Oh, I love that. And there's so many mounts that I just oh that one's ugly. I would never use it. But just to have it randomly pop up once in a while, it's funny, you know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, some other small stuff related to crafting, housing quests, little things. Uh, but that's basically the PTS. That's pretty much what's going on. Davis, anything else you have to add? I don't think so. Just excited for uh, Arcanist. I want to see it in the, see it in the game and, and let players kind of get a hold of it and start figuring it out. It's going to yeah. be exciting. I think my thing I'm most excited about is none of my builds are really going to have to change. It pretty much is pretty that much is everything exciting. is just going to stay how it is. Yep. I'm in the same boat as you. I don't think I'm going to be changing any of my builds. Even the ones that are potentially getting nerfed, like... You know, uh, on my Necro support build, I use Mara's Bomb and Hissap as the two sets, but yeah, it's not getting, yeah. yeah, it's, it's still, it's still going to be in great shape. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited about that. I don't think I'm going to have to change any of my builds. We had a crazy King weekend, um, weekend before last, or no, no, it, it's still actually, it just ended this morning, didn't it? Oh, thank uh, goodness. It was just this past weekend. Thank goodness. <laughs> um, yes, thank goodness. Ask it's me not how fun. I feel about it. <laughs> how did you feel about crazy King uh, weekend? Oh, yeah, yeah. Thank goodness it's over. It was a, it was a rough one, man. Yeah, I feel like the first go around, when they did it the first time, we actually enjoyed it, but this time it's like people took it. Uh, way more seriously, I was never on a team that wanted to PvP. Everybody wanted to run away to the flag, and I just could never fight anyone unless I wanted to fight outnumbered. If a mm -hmm. team showed up, if we were chilling on a flag and a team showed up to throw down, my team would just run away every time. Like the whole freaking event, that's how it went down every time. We'd group up, we'd, we'd get in a four squad, let's queue up. We'd just go against teams that just want to run away and run to flags the whole time. You yeah. know, and it's, 
It's more people just getting mad at you for not focusing the objective. And so then you say, okay, fine, I will focus the objective. And it's so boring because you're just <laughs> standing on a flag doing nothing. That no was probably doing this. Yeah. And you, you said it. That was probably my biggest trouble with this weekend is, is every fight I got in, I was outnumbered. Like I couldn't get a legit, just good fight to kind of really see how things were. It was just, I wasn't on yeah. a flag. And so I was just getting outnumbered. What's up, Crimson? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm glad the Crazy King weekend is over. Uh, really wasn't fun. Really not a ton of um, like BG stories to tell. I don't think any particular night or anything stands out. But uh, the BGs have been really good, aside from Crazy King weekend. We do the, the Wednesday night BG parties with the Stoons Goons. That's always fun. It's usually kind of duos is, is what we're doing. Yep. Um. I've been I've been spending a ton of time on Despair, my Magicka Necromancer support build, and uh, she's been on a quite a journey. I talked about her on the last episode, and I mentioned then that her that the build was uh, in a, in a bit of a state of flux, and it was you know evolving as we speak. Um, and that was very much the case. I've been trying like a lot of different setups. I don't know, probably five or six different builds that I've kind of been rotating around kind of weighing the pros and cons strengths and weaknesses and, and different things like that and um i've been really happy with where i've ended up with uh with this build and one of the things i was complaining about on the last episode is like yeah the setup i was using then was fine and it was working well but it didn't it wasn't really a necro build it was very generic um that's really not the case now this is very much a necromancer build and it's and it's a very good build so um the gear setup that I'm using right now is uh, Savara's Scales as a du double bar set, um, Ice Furnace as a front bar set. That could flip-flop. It doesn't matter which one is front bar or, or whatever. Um, front bar weapon is a charged frost staff. Uh, I'm using the Maelstrom Resto on the back bar. Gaze of Sithis Mythic Helm and One Piece Magma Incarnate. Uh, I am using the Jewels of Misrule food since I'm not using Wretched Vitality. I need that uh, sustain back. So... Uh, that gives it to me at the at the expense of max stats, but this build actually has really good max stats. Um, so even with the jewels of misrule food, totally comfortable um, in that department. Now, alternatively, if I'm going up against a a really sweaty team, and especially if I'm going to be the the team's primary healer, um, then I will get rid of Savara's scales and replace that with with his sap. Uh, that light armor kind of selfish defensive set, really, really good set. Um, if I'm kind of the primary healer, I'm going to be getting focused a lot, and I really need to not have to worry about my own health bar all that much, then that's what I like to do. But if there's like another off healer, um, kind of like Sam's Warden build that does kind of like 50-50 damage and heals, and that's a perfect pair, and, and they'll stick with Savara's scales in that in that case, and that'll be really good. So it's the it's it's still the classic despair, you know. It's um it's a support build that specializes in enemy suppression. It's all about debuffs and crowd control and AOE pressure and also healing the team. Um, the ice furnace set I have found ice furnace to be like absolutely indispensable in every version of the build that I've tried. Uh, they all include ice furnace, and I think you know for this sort of despair type of build, there there is no substitute. Yeah. So uh. Ice Furnace, uh, when you deal frost damage, you deal additional flame damage to all enemies within 8 meters 
around the initial target. So that's an 8 meter radius. That's a 16 meter total area. It has a one second cooldown. So I throw a wall of frost down on the ground, and anybody who touches that, they're going to have this little mini explosion of, you know, in a 16 meter area of, of flame damage, it's going to hit everyone around them every second, the whole entire fight. Yeah. Um, and what makes it really good, and Uncle Sam, shout out to Uncle Sam, he pointed this out to me, that flame damage counts as direct damage, which, which means it has a a higher chance than you would expect to apply the burning status. And that's really what I'm after. I'm really just trying to spread that burning status across the battlefield as much as I possibly can. So that's a, a very quick and efficient way to, to spread that burning status while I'm also spreading the chilled status for minor maim, minor brittle. I'm giving the minor breach with the, the wall of frost um, plus a 40% snare. Like Wall of Frost all by itself is just doing so many things to everybody, everybody yeah. who's in, in the fight. Um, and then Savara's Scales, it, uh, when you hit somebody with any damage at all, it causes an AoE explosion that applies a poison dot to, to everyone that it hits. Um, and that initial explosion is also direct damage, so it has a pretty good chance of applying that poison status. So again, I'm... I'm just kind of very efficiently spreading a bunch of statuses around. Wall of Frost will, will take care of Savara's scales as, uh, as well. So again, by far, Wall of Frost is the most important ability uh, in the entire build. When you, when you come up on a group of people, first thing, Wall of Frost, throw it down. <laughs> Other AoE abilities, I'm using Caltrops for the AoE uh, major and minor breach. Um, it, it can give me minor breach because of the Sundered status that that physical damage can can apply so between caltrops and wall of frost they can they can both apply minor breach so that helps have a really good uptime between the two of them it's also another snare uh, to stack on top of that i'm using the stamina blast bones to give me that aoe disease damage so i have a chance to apply minor defile and guaranteed to apply major defile uh, and that's in an aoe i'm using the skeletal arcanist which i kind of surprised myself with that one but i'm actually really liking this ability uh, it gives me an AOE lightning damage, um, and there's just like a, there's an intimidation factor with the skeletal arcanist, the original arcanist, by the way, uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> there is an intimidation factor because it's this minion running around. It kind of gives the illusion that there are more enemies around than there really are, and that lightning splash, it's like, it's so loud, and it happens every two seconds. It's a really big, like, obvious visual effect. It's really not all that much damage, but it does sort of instill this sense of panic. Like, I, I got to get out of here. Um, so I kind of like it just for that reason. Also using the, the Colossus Ultimate, that gives major vulnerability. Um, and, and in general, besides all the, the debuffs and status effects and all that, I'm basically just creating this cloud of like 15k DPS, you know, before mitigation and all that. Basically, anyone who steps onto the battlefield to engage with our team before anyone even starts to focus them, they got to mitigate 15k DPS immediately on top of all of the, the debuffs and the snares and all that stuff. So she, she's definitely living up to her name, Despair. She, I, I feel like my enemies, that is definitely how they feel when she is around. They feel a deep sense of despair deep in their hearts, and that's, that's the whole goal. <laughs> that's, and that's the goal. I think... Uh, one like really key piece of advice for anyone who's maybe interested in trying a build like this. One thing that kind of made it all really come together for me, surprisingly, is I just got rid of my spammable. Uh, there is no offensive spammable, so it's really just maintaining timers is all I'm really doing. 
And a complaint I've made about this build in the past is that it's it's really complicated, right? I'm, I'm spinning a lot of plates. I'm keeping a lot of things going. And it's just a lot to keep up with. But getting rid of that spammable, it's like there's there's no longer an option to do a damage combo to somebody. So I'm not even like thinking in that way, you know, and it honestly feels a lot more like a necromancer. Like I'm, I'm marching through the battlefield and I'm summoning these minions and I'm poisoning the ground and I'm just kind of creating this chaos. I'm, I'm not singling any particular enemy out, you know, I'm just kind of making life miserable for everyone. Um, That's so, the, the, the true necro build. Yeah. And I kind of think of the arcanist as being my spammable, you know, as long as I'm keeping that dude active, he's doing the spamming for me, right? Every two seconds that, that AOE lightning splash. And that's your skeletal arcanist, not just another player playing as an arcanist. <laughs> right, right. The skeletal <laughs> arcanist. Yes. <laughs> Jorl says letting go of killing is the key. Yeah. With this sort of, uh, it's like a offensive support build. I, I really love this, like this concept of a build and, um, you know, Necker is not the only one that can pull it off, but I do think they have some strengths that are that actually are kind of unique to them. As I've been sort of exploring the different options with this build and everything, you know, I've ended up using a lot of Necromancer abilities, but that wasn't really a specific goal. You know, I've just been kind of chasing like things that are missing in my build and trying to get them in there. And I've just ended up with a lot of Necro abilities on my bar. Um, I think one thing that they have that's unique is they have a lot of different damage types in AOE form. And that's perfect for what I'm trying to do here because I'm trying to spread a, a bunch of different status effects to as many people as I possibly can. So having a bunch of different damage types in AOE, that's exactly what I want. Um, so I just, I feel, I feel cool because it, it very much is a Necromancer build. I'm using all three minions. Uh, I'm using the healing tether ability. I'm using the Colossus ultimate. I'm, I'm leaning into something that is unique about the class. So I, I feel really good that it is very much a necromancer build. It's just as effective, probably more effective than it's ever been at the at this particular kind of playstyle. Um, it's it sucks that the the blast bones and the skeletal arcanist and the um, the spirit mender none of those things appear in your numbers on the scoreboard. Ugh, that hurts. It, it never it never looks like you did as well as you as you know you did. Um, but the numbers, even so, are often pretty darn good anyway. Have you ever looked at like combat metrics to see like what your actual true numbers are? Yeah, sometimes it's usually like damage is usually like thirty percent more and healing's like fifteen to twenty percent more. Something like that. Hmm. Um, my healing abilities, I'm using Radiating Regen because I do have that Maelstrom Resto on the bat bar that helps me with sustain. Uh, I switched to the Spirit Guardian, the one that absorbs damage for me. Uh, I'm using Mortal Coil, the, the healing tether. Resistant Flush is the, the healing spam, spammable, and of course the Resto ult. Um, my favorite thing is that she uses spell power potions and not <laughs> tri-stat potions. Saving some money on this build. Yeah. Um, and probably the ideal team comp would be with a, with a warden kind of like, uh, Jorl's or Sam's 50-50 wardens that are kind of doing a similar thing where they're doing a lot of damage and a lot of heals. That's the perfect complement to this build. We, we get, uh, those two together. And we get two just like totally broken Dragon Knight damage dealers or just two really strong damage dealers. And I think we're going to be in pretty great shape there. Yeah, let me know. I, that's, I'd love <laughs> That's a great team to be to get thrown into, yeah. <laughs> regardless what character you're on. That's, that's a good setup right there. Yeah, that, that'll probably work pretty darn well. 
So yeah, that's that's where we're at on despair. I think I've uh, I've landed on the build. I really doubt she uh, she evolves much more. Um, that Savara's scales and his sap, those are just going to be interchangeable depending on the situation, and that'll probably just continue to be the case. Um, so yeah, there you have it. Uh, Davis, you have a couple of builds to talk about. What's going on with Bearclaw the Nord? So Bearclaw the Nord is actually uh, the build I've been most recently. Now, now don't don't you worry. I'm going to talk about Old Lord of Nords as well. But uh, <laughs> but Bearclaw the Nord is is kind of the build I've been hopping on here a little bit more recently. Um, and I just you know this is the one that I, I talked about a couple episodes ago. I was going to make some changes. Me and Sam had this really good idea. For a blood, but I, for a bleed build, I just I can't change Bearclaw. He's just he's just in this perfect spot right now. I, I don't think I'm ever going to be able to, to to change him away from this build. Just to kind of go over what the build is again, it's uh it's Swamp Raider, uh, Baylorg, uh, the Vatish Rambo, the point blank snipe. That's just the the key to the build right there. Um, two trainee, which is actually really helpful on a, on a warden because it's giving me that extra magicka uh, on a stamina build. Uh, and then the Oakensole uh, ring, uh, seven well-fitted, Sugar Skulls food, Serpent Mundus, and then tripods, as pricey as they are. And that's kind of, you know, kind of sidetracking here, but I've kind of learned that's kind of my, my go-to setup. You know, we, we've talked in the, the past of me and you have kind of figured out like our starting outline for a build. Uh, and, and that's kind of my starting outline is Oakensole, Sugar Skulls, the, the Recovery Mundus, and tripods. Uh, and just kind of see from there what what's going to happen. But from there, the 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 one bar, uh, the damage abilities is just snipe and sub assault. Um, that's that's the only two damage abilities there are. Uh, on the, on the defense abilities, I use the shimmering shield, vigor, and then polar wind, which the warden's toolkit just fantastic. I mean, those three abilities make this this build pretty darn tanky you're kind of made for a one bar build just because there's yeah. so many things packed into their abilities i mean i've got a strong i've got a strong damage shield polar wind is a strong heal over time it's a strong you know just a strong heal uh burst heal and then you know throw vigor on there and it's it's in great shape and then the alt is toxic barrage and that's really just where this build you know with with how much alt gin is formed from this build with the point blank snipe and the toxic barrage. It's just it's just too much fun. It seriously makes me really happy that Bear Claws finally found kind of this perfect balance of his build is as weird as ever. Melee melee bow build. He's the he's the bow brawler. Uh but it's actually pretty effective now. Like he, he yeah. gets good he gets good kill counts. Uh and and with it's that like warden, funny, but don't take him lightly. <laughs> with that warden toolkit, like he's just tanky enough. Uh, but it's it's this perfect balance now. Of just he's still wacky as ever, but uh, he 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 performs. He's he gets pretty good numbers in BGs. Yeah, nice. Is that it for Bearclaw? That's it for Bearclaw. And then I've I've got to go to Lord of Nords. He's yeah, I, you got to update us on Lord of Nords because you got the new setup. The new setup, the the coral riptide uh it's it's as good as i wanted it to be it's just he is he is locked in if, if you know regarding any upcoming like set changes or nerfs or something like i just don't see me ever changing this build it's it's exactly where i want it to be um 
The new build uh, is a five-piece Coral Riptide, two-piece Blood Spawn, three-piece Agility with the Oaken Soul Ring, and then I do one-piece Trainee. And the kind of the key piece to that one Trainee I do is is a heavy chest that is reinforced. Uh, the rest of the pieces are uh, well fitted. Uh, same thing, you know, with the Oaken Soul, the Sugar Skulls, Serpent, you know, Serpent Mundus Tripods. Um, and this man, this build is just it is just locked in. Is this just kind of perfectly clean neat bow perfectly tied up bow uh the damage abilities that i use is just noxious noxious breath molten whip and and deep breath and so good aoe kind of a good burst damage ability good delayed damage uh delayed burst damage ability Um, the defense is really the defense abilities i use is just quick cloak and coagulating blood and then what lord nords is all about on that ult the uh the ferocious leap Speaking of which, KDMS in the chat, shout out. Shout out KDMS. <laughs> you know, I gotta, you know, I gotta leap, gotta leap ready for you. Um, <laughs> uh, but that the really the leap is just all parts of the builds. I use it for damage, I use it for defense, I use it for sustain, uh, I use it for all purposes. Uh and and Lord of Nords with this new setup is exactly where I want him to be. He's a tanky brawler. He can hit crazy hard if the Riptide is in the right spot. And probably my favorite part from where he was is that I just play him now without even thinking about trying to get stacks or trying to do certain abilities in a certain order or having to check if a buff is up. Like I just freely play him now and the sets and the, and the damage and all of those just kind of take care of themselves. Like I just use the ability that's going to be best for the situation and I don't worry about anything else. Nice man. Yeah, he's been performing very well. Yeah, I, I really, really like where he's at. Well, we are kind of in the, the latter half of the show. It feels like it's towards the end, but I actually think we have a ways to go. <laughs> we're the halfway mark. <laughs> Got a lot of emails, but um, we're not to emails yet. Let's talk about this episode 100 situation for for just a little bit here. So this is our 100th episode. I wonder if we counted all the times that all the conversations we had about ESO before (laughs) we started pushing the record button, what number this would be. (laughs) Uh, Because this this podcast really started about three years before we started making recordings. Um, for anyone who's not aware, Davis and I know each other from real life. We, we worked together at a university, um, you know, in, in the same physical location, if you mm-hmm. can, if you can imagine <laughs> the olden times. <laughs> um, and, uh, I started playing ESO first. Um, and I, I wrangled Davis in after, I don't know, a couple of months. Very much. And, um, basically on a daily basis, I would stop by Davis's office during my lunch break with my Chick-fil-A or whatever I was eating for lunch that day. And we just sit there and talk about Elder Scrolls. And at, at that time, we didn't know anything. We didn't even know what we were talking about. You know, oh, we were no. just kind of discovering the game and learning how it worked. And, you know, hey, did you know you have to make a build and <laughs> there's things that's supposed to be in your build? And um, we didn't even know what PvP was back then. Yeah. All we knew was we were obsessed, like immediately. Sure. And, um, so the, the podcast is really just kind of an evolution of those conversations. We just kind of never really stopped talking about it. And the conversations have always been like, 
you know, we're learning new things and we're just sharing the things that we're learning about the game. Did you know you could do this? And and on and on and on. And it really is still, we try to keep the same spirit of those those early conversations. It's just, you know, we've learned a lot since then. So we're talking about different things now. So um, my my reasoning for starting the podcast was basically, you know, we'd been talking about it literally every single day for three years. And I, I had this idea in the back of my mind to do a podcast, you know, and it just seemed like, well, this is an obvious, clearly I can talk about this endlessly. So it makes good sense. And I spend a lot of time playing this game. So it would be cool to kind of have a, a thing to show for it, to justify all the time that I spend in the game and everything like that. Um, I should stop for just a moment to preface that this is a, this is a very personal uh, <laughs> discussion here. <laughs> And I might get a little nervous. I might even get a little emotional, but it's all positive, good things. Uh, so, so bear Absolutely. with me if it, it gets a little bumpy. Um, so those are kind of the reasons that I was saying, like, um, you know, I'm, I'm already talking about this thing and I kind of want to justify the time that I spend in the game and all that sort of stuff. Um, and that, that was true. That was only really partially the reason, and there were, I think there was a much bigger motivator behind getting this thing started. And it's kind of hard to talk about, but I'm, I'm gonna, you know, I've I've decided I'm gonna I'm gonna share this. You know, it's a normal part of growing up and getting older. Your um, your social circles kind of start drying up, and people they they start families, they they move away, they make new friends. You just kind of grow apart from people. And sometimes it happens gradually and you don't even realize it. And it kind of happened where I looked up one day and realized I'd been living a very isolated existence. Besides our daily ESO chats, Davius, mm -hmm. it kind of felt like I was in a bit of a bubble there. And by the time I realized it, it had been going on too long already, you know, and it, and it continued to go on for a while after that. Um, and so... This idea to do the podcast popped into my head and it already it had already been kind of rolling around up there. And I basically got to a point where I was like, man, I gotta do something to like improve the situation here. This I can't live like this, you know. And um the the podcast just seemed like a great opportunity to like kind of cast a nut out into the world and wrangle me up some new friends, you know, a new social circle. And I can find people that have a common interest and we can start you know, building a community together. And that really was the real motivation behind it. Um, you know, as much as I really did enjoy talking about ESO and everything, it was really that thought of like, you know, maybe this is like, I can use this to like meet people and make friends. And that was really the, the whole thing behind it. And um, I got to say, it's been immensely successful in that regard, way more successful than I, than I could have hoped. And um, the whole point of, sharing all of that is you know just to just to say that when i want to say that i appreciate that people listen and that they've been following along and and have made this a real thing it's it really is from the heart you know it's a it's a genuine personal feeling that i have that i'm i'm very very grateful to to everyone for you know for for coming along this far absolutely yeah and i mean I'll speak for you a little bit on this and correct me if I'm wrong, but like a better community than a better community than we ever possibly could have ever imagined. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a wonderful community. I mean, 
genuine friends, you know, I'm like, I'm at work yeah. and I'm like on my break, like catching up with messages and stuff of people that, you know, I, I look forward to talking to every single day. It's awesome. Um, I got some extra special shout outs to, to go over here, but <clears throat> before I do anything else to add to that, Davius, I, I mean, just, just a hundred percent, uh, just agree with you on, on one, like, uh, you know, from, from my seat, it, it just for how easy it is from my seat, you, you do the majority of the work with the editing and things and, <laughs> and, uh, just can't say enough how, how cool it is. You know, I remember when you first came this idea, I, to me, it always, you know, we're both big Seinfeld fans. And so it always stands out to me if I always relate it to Seinfeld is you're like, I'm going to do a podcast. And it was like this, this could be a podcast. And it mm-hmm. always gives me that Seinfeld vibe of, you know, cause you were telling me like, yeah. our lunchly conversations. I was like, what do you mean? What's it going to be about? You're like this, just, just what we talk about. This could be a podcast. Yeah. Uh, put maybe I, a, a slight, slightly more structure to it, but yeah. basically, yeah. And I remember when you started up and, and listening and then uh, I just remember how cool and excited I was when I don't even remember what episode is now, but. Uh, you're like, you know what? I think I think I want you on there. I think you want to you want to come on, and I absolutely jumped on board. I thought it was so cool, and I think it was like ten or eleven, uh, yeah. something like that. It's just it's been awesome ever since. So I huge huge thank you to you because um, I really kind of felt like I you know I I've I kind of you you did the hard part. You got it started, got everything going, and then I was able to jump on the bandwagon and absolutely uh, be a part of this community. And, and like you said, like true friends in this community. And I look forward to hopping on here and, and talking with all these different people and, uh, you know, chatting, you know, I'm always checking the chat at work and things like that and, and having fun conversations. Uh, it's just, it's just been cool, uh, to, to see this community grow and, and how awesome it's been. Crimson says, I'm so very glad to be friends and or goons with everyone. You got the capitalization wrong on goons, Crimson, but <laughs> I feel you. um all right so we'll do our regular shout outs here in a little bit but i have some extra special shout outs to go over right now uh number one of course ladies and gentlemen davius star jumper give it up um (laughs) and i (laughs) i gotta i gotta tell you i appreciate you so much man you're a i know you're a very busy guy you're a family man you got a big family you have a a a grown-up job that keeps you pretty busy you're always doing stuff and, um, and you, you don't only make time for the podcast that you're, you know, you're legit, you play ESO, you, you, you log in, you play BGs, you're a part of the community. You're, you're my friend. Um, you know, you're not just showing up, dude, you're, you're putting in work that you don't even realize you're putting in. Um, and you're just a, a genuine good person. You have a magnetic personality that people just want to be around. You have this way of inviting conversation that I really appreciate. And I think that's what makes you so great on, on the show, aside from us just being friends and having good chemistry naturally. So, um, I just appreciate you, man. Thank you so much, man. Thank, thank you for just that. <laughs> and thank you, chat. Like, holy cow. Like, oh my goodness. Um, uh, yeah, no, just could be happier to be a part of this. Uh, just awesome. And, you know, thank you to you, man. This is, this is, uh, sorry, I'm reading chat here, cracking up uh yeah man uh, thank you yeah thank you all and, and thank you man I, I couldn't be happier to be a part of this it's it's so much fun and it, it really is awesome to be a part of um next shout out goes out to Danjavin. Danjavin is in the chat right now um so i had put out maybe three or four episodes 
And uh, at that time, I didn't even know if I really wanted to continue doing it. It was just kind of an experiment, you know, and uh, I think I had gone a long period of time without putting anything out and I might not have put anything out beyond that, you know. But uh, I got a notification that someone had made a comment on an old Reddit post and it was Dangevin. Real short, simple comment. All he said was, I missed your podcast. I hope everything is all right with you. And that's all it was, but um, it may sound silly, but I got to say that was touching to me at the time. That this internet stranger that has only um, ever heard me just talk about this video game a few times uh, was letting me know that he was thinking about me and hoping that I was continuing to do this thing and that he hoped I was doing all right, expressing concern for my well-being. And I just got done talking about kind of my situation at that time. It was a, it was something that I really appreciated appreciated at the time, Danjivan. Um, since then, Danjivan's been amazing. He's he's made multiple donations uh, to to the guild. He's he's hooked us up with uh, tunable crafting stations, um, uh, a transmute station. A uh, hundred million gold uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> to the not, gold bank, and that's not an exaggeration. That's an accurate statement. Uh, Dangerin is just so many behind the scenes things. I feel like with Dangerin, like just... yeah, and he's he's not someone that's always chiming in in the chat necessarily. I don't think we've ever even really played together, but he just kind of pops in once in a great while. I know he's been listening the whole time, and he'll just pop in and say, "Hey, here's a gift. Good job, guys. See you later." Um, yeah, we gotta, we gotta do some BGs together. Danjiman says, and we, and, and we've still never played together. We'll, we'll make it happen. Love you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. We gotta make it happen, man. Gotta get some BGs going. Um, next shout out goes out to Grizzly Khan. Extra special shout out to Grizzly Khan. <laughs> shout out Grizzly Khan. I mean, come on. <laughs> the, the official the slogan, of the official slogan of the, of the scroll on podcast. Shout out. Grizzly Khan. I mean, come on. The king of shout outs. Um, so I think it was around the eighth episode. Uh, Grizzly basically just, he started doing what he, what he does right now, where he, he just hit me up. He emailed me. He's like, yo, when's the next episode coming out? You're late. <laughs> you know? uh, so um, <laughs> yeah, he sent me an email just like, hey, what's up? Where, where's the next episode? You know, pretty much. And um, that was pretty much the beginning of it. And um, I think what had happened is I had switched media hosts at the time and Grizzly didn't get the memo because I didn't send the memo. Um, <laughs> so we got that all cleared out. And and basically Grizzly's been official number one fan ever since. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, he's first in line for, you know, any and everything that we do. Um, he's our biggest cheerleader, a, a pillar of the community. And don't Absolutely. think we don't notice, Grizzly, what you do for us and what you do for the community, man. I, I see it all the time where someone will say something in the um, in the Discord, they'll ask a question or something, and they're maybe not getting a response. No one's answering them. Grizzly's going to answer. If no one answers, Grizzly's going to jump in there and he's going to say something. And it's often a really good answer. Even if he doesn't know the answer, he'll just kind of throw something out there just to get a conversation going, you know. And oftentimes. Right after that, someone else will chime in, and now now we have a, a conversation going. Um, I feel like Grizzly's always doing that. He's always just trying to to nudge things along, to to get the ball rolling, and do what he can to kind of make this a real thing and make it a fun place for people. Um, I notice it, man, and I really appreciate it. 
<laughs> we gotta get that shirt. It's gotta be. That's the first. <laughs> that is the first official scroll and logo. That will be, and it has to be that exact like oh, font and everything. Perfect. Yeah. That is perfect right there. It's like just low rent enough. <laughs> uh, um, next shout out, special shout out goes out to Uncle Sam. Uncle, is he still in the chat or did he bail yet? He's still there. Uncle he's, Sam. He's not asleep yet. <laughs> uh, Uncle Sam didn't even know anything about the podcast. We just played BGs together every morning. And eventually I was like, hey, by the way, I do a podcast. Um, <laughs> and uh, invited him to come be a guest on it. And he's been on a couple times. And uh, we've become extremely good friends uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, one of my favorite people to play with and just hang out with in Discord. Um, and he's another one of these magnetic personalities. I feel like people just enjoy being around Sam. Uh, he's, uh, he's one of these rare people who he's an extremely good player, someone you can really learn from, but he's also just a chill, nice dude to be around. No toxicity Absolutely. whatsoever. Um, and he's kind of become a bit of a cornerstone, I would say in our community, you know, I think yeah, like, absolutely. like I said, people kind of enjoy being around Sam. This happens to me all the time where I'll be in voice channel in the discord all by myself i'll be like i'll be in there for hours all alone <laughs> sam will pop in like oh hey buddy and then three four five six more people pop in now that sam's there you know <laughs> like where were you guys was five minutes ago but uh yeah it's just great to have i kind of think of sam as like this uh this artist in residence you know he's like this just like this really good player that's just kind of around and his job is just sort of to be the club pro people can ask him for build tips or you know, Davius, you do the daily duel with Sam just to oh, kind of yeah. sharpen your skills. You know, Absolutely. if you can, if you can do well against Sam, you know, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. And I, I, I was telling you this, like one, uh, Sam is one of my favorite people to theorycraft with. Like it, it, you can just sit there and he'll talk with you for, for as long as you want, just sit there talking builds. And he really is such an unbe unbelievable player and always willing to help anybody get better. Uh, like you said, huge cornerstone of the community and uh i i i really mean it like just it, it was something that i just started kind of for fun but i have this inner rule now that whenever i'm on i just go and do a, one duel with sam and it has literally made me a better player like i can't stress enough how much better player i am now from when before i used to do that so huge shout out to to sam on that well i also appreciate sam for being, he's a very encouraging person. Like I yeah. see it all the time where like, uh, we'll do a BG and someone who maybe isn't always receiving a lot of praise. He'll like, dude, that's a lot of healing you just did or something like that. He always kind of finds ways to, to kind of give you a little shout outs here and there and build you up. Mm -hmm. Um, so thank you, Sam. Thanks for being a friend, man. Uh, shout out to Dr. Professor email hall of fame. Uh, really appreciate you, dude. Mowards, <laughs> yeah. Mother of Dragons, Mr. Moon, Crimson, Gummy Bear, Slavka, King Nar, Joral, KDMS, Wanna Buy My Dog. There's lots of others. Sorry if I'm leaving people out. Uh, but you guys have been around. You've been active members of the community, and you're all awesome. Um, and just one last shout out to Davia Starjumper. Ladies and gentlemen, can we please just give it up for ladies and Starjumper? Uh, for, for ladies and Starjumper. Ladies and Starjumper. <laughs> well, there's the episode title. Uh, <laughs> so good. Uh, um, I can't imagine doing it with anyone else, man. I'm, I'm, 
I, I really love your your lighthearted demeanor. You have like this uh, this like whimsical approach to theorycraft that I think a lot of our listeners really appreciate. Um, you're just a very relatable dude, and um, I enjoy your company, man. Absolutely. Uh, I I once again uh, couldn't couldn't be happier to be a part of this. Thank you so much for starting it and letting me be a part of this. And and um, it's awesome. I mean, this podcast is awesome. Not only the community, but like I I you know. Uh, and, and Grizzly's going right where I am. You know, let's let's see the chat go nuts for for a cut here for starting us out with this, uh, this community and building it and starting it from the ground up. Man, just couldn't couldn't thank you enough for building this and and bringing us all together. Uh, how awesome this has been. I mean, just pretty awesome to just kind of uh, to look out and see what you've built and and brought all these people together. And I truly consider you one of my one of my closest friends at this point. So. Um, uh, shout out, shout out, shout out to Kit. Absolutely. I don't often, I don't often get shout outs. So thank you very much, man. Got yeah, that, I really getting, getting that taste for it. You're getting, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're understanding where Grizz is coming from. I do. I get it. Um, yeah, I, I appreciate it very much, man. And uh, I'm glad that it's something that we all kind of enjoy being a part of and, and all of that. It's awesome. So emails, we have a bunch of emails today. If you'd like to send us an email, scrollinpodcast at gmail.com is where you can send those. Um, every episode, Davius is going to pick his favorite email and whoever sent it is going to get a hefty gold reward. Um, this will be the last time for a while that we give out the big one million, um, but it'll always be uh, at least enough to buy a stack of tripods with minimum. For sure. For uh, sure. So that is scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. Email us anything you like, as long, as long as you're friendly. First email comes from Aberdeen in the chat right now as we speak. Um, Aberdeen says, gentlemen, I present to you the ultimate challenge. You have until the next episode after discussing this during the podcast to, uh, to create a build focused around your ultimate ability. The challenge is simple. Create a build that kills someone with your ultimate ability only. It can be any ultimate. You cannot use any other ability that deals damage to achieve your kills, though you may use skills and sets that buff or debuff yourself or your enemy so long as they do not deal damage. Uh, he says, when you have completed your build, you must go into your PvP content of choice and try to use your ultimate to kill to kill real players. <laughs> the winner is decided by you after discussing who was able to achieve the most kills, do the highest total damage, or any other criteria you think is worth discussing. Are you up to the challenge, Aberdeen? Um... So I may or may not be up to the challenge, Aberdeen. Uh, <laughs> um, I might. I, I mean, it's, it sounds like a fun one. So uh, I, I have kind of toyed around with some ideas, and I, I think some of these might be easy enough to throw together. So uh, the very first thing I thought of was a, a warden using just the bear. That could be really fun. Just, just, just go people, go after people with that bear. The bear will do the auto attacks. You have that execute swipe that's pretty cheap. You know, you can build really ble build into bleed damage. Uh, mm -hmm. You might be able to do something. You can kite the bear, you know, so you can use it as a body block defensively. That could be something, just a full bear build. I mean, I love that idea. Love it. Yeah. Um, 
I think you could do something with Overload as a sorcerer, maybe make like an Emperor Palpatine build where you do the heavy attack, you know, where the lightning comes out of your fingers, you know, in melee range. You can maybe make some sort of build to really juice that up and, and kill people with that. I've been killed with that before. Yep. Heck, I would say even earlier in chats, uh, Uncle Sam might have been onto something. He was talking about um, using the Nightblade Ultimate and, you know, uh, lowering the cost of it. And I think he was talking about you can get it down to 56 Ultimate cost. Uh, mm-hmm. There may be something there. Uh, that's pretty oh, much Oh, you know what? Uh, Nightblades get Ultimate when they drink potions, too. So what if you uh, use that set? Oh! <laughs> it reduces the cooldown. Here we go. We're going to put it together. Uh um a full glass cannon toxic barrage build the bow ultimate i think that could probably get some kills absolutely do you um, the, the ones that came to my mind were the ones that like the ults that that to me last a while so like the dk standard like you know mm-hmm. i know that there if you could generate enough ult where you're just using that standard over and over kind of getting some aoe damage or even like with the warden uh, with permafrost or you know northern storm but i don't know if you actually can generate ult when that ability's going off or not um i'm not sure on that i but don't if know you, if yeah, you could know. there might be something there you know some simmering shield um you know it is it is frost damage so maybe there there, there may be something there where you could uh could put so, something um, together if if we could maybe just very slightly bend the rules, I also thought this probably doesn't qualify, but just this made me think of this idea is uh if you can make like an Oaken Soul Dragon Knight uh corrosive build, the ultimate itself wouldn't be able to kill anybody. You'd have to be able to do something else. But I was just thinking lightning staff heavy attacks, just do the sergeant's mail, you know, heavy attack mm. setup. Have corrosive you as go. your ultimate and just if we can just allow the heavy attacks. Just you the know, heavy attack. Like if we can get that one pass. <laughs> On the rules, I think that could probably work pretty well. Um, so uh, Aberdeen says he'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we may give that a try, man. I'm not going to promise, okay? But uh, we we might we might do it. Yeah. We'll check back in on the next episode. I like um, I like this idea. I do like the idea. Uh, next email comes from Grizzly Khan. Grizzly Khan. So Aberdeen started his email with gentlemen. Grizzly Khan also starts his email with gentlemen. Look at us. I think think we're officially gentlemen. Two sources. That makes it official. First of all, congratulations on 100 full episodes. I tried looking up some stats on podcast longevity. Uh, They varied wild. uh, They varied wildly from source to source, but they all agreed on this. The odds are very low for a podcast that isn't the primary source of income to make it to 100 episodes. Truly an achievement. Um, yeah, I, you know, I did not think we would make it to 100, 100 <laughs> episodes, honestly. Uh, Grizzly says, I have two questions. Uh, number one, what sets do you think uh, will be good to acquire ahead of the class release for use on an Arcanist? War Maiden. mentioned earlier yeah war maiden it's all Get it's mostly magic now. damage mm-hmm. so uh war maiden is i think a, a real easy one like you probably you could probably just go ahead and start getting that right now and have no regrets i think um <laughs> kdms says wretched vitality hell yeah brother <laughs> there we go orders wrath and wretched baby it's all you need every build 
if they stay tuned kind of how they are right now, where like they're super defensive, uh, but they don't really have a ton of damage outside of the beam, then I'm thinking you'll probably just kind of want the standard meta uh, damage cheese sets, you know, Way of Fire, Dragon's Appetite, Drogrican, uh, Vatishran, Destro Staff, Master's Dual Wield. Like the way they are right now on PTS, those things seem basically necessary in order to kill anybody uh, as an Arcanist. Um, so those things, uh, are war maiden. Uncle Sam, what was your, uh, he's already thrown in chat. Uncle Sam's are, look, you can already tell his, the gears are spinning oh. with uncle Sam. He's, he's got some ideas. Yeah. He's, he's uh, uncle he's Sam reminds coming. us that they do have that 15%, uh, extra status effect damage as a passive. So doing something with a uh, serpent's disdain or heartland conqueror to amp up those, uh, the status effects could definitely, there could definitely yeah. be something with that. Um, I really wish that was a necromancer passive, that status effect thing. That seems like such a necro thing. So you can't go wrong with War Maiden and or any of the cheese sets that are popular right now, basically. Um, Grizzly says, my other question is this. Regarding the new mist form, the most common criticism is that it takes away a crucial part of the sorcerer's class identity. Do you have any ideas on how Mistform could be adjusted to alleviate this issue while maintaining the new and honestly fun version of the skill? Um, my idea is to make it always cost the resource which has the smaller overall pool and increase the ramp up cost so that it can't be spammed unless you make build adjustments to accommodate that. Thoughts? Well, I'll go ahead and respond and think, uh, I'll say that those are both great ideas. Yeah, actually. that's what I was going to say. Great ideas. <laughs> yeah. Like I would not have thought of like making it always cost the the lower resource pool, but I actually really like that. That limits it really nicely. And I definitely do think it needs a cost increase, whether it's the ramping cost or the base cost. I don't think it really matters however they want to do it. Um, I think it should get a cost increase. I think they probably should take away the projectile absorption because that's something that Ball of Lightning does and that's mm-hmm. direct competition there. And I think they could remove the major evasion. You know, like just the fact that it's a it's a poor man's streak already, it's gonna be on plenty of ours, just that alone. You know, it doesn't need yeah. this other stuff. And it is sad that it it is just as good as as streak and maybe better in some regards. So yeah, Grizzly, I think those are great ideas. Anything, any other ideas, Davius, or do you think pretty much Grizzly nailed it? I do. I really like uh, Grizzly's ideas. My only other idea to this is one that I think you are highly against, and that is, uh, I think, give it a cooldown. I think that's the way for me nope. to make it very anti That's going to be a no for me, dog. Uh, it doesn't have to be a huge cooldown. could be two seconds, three seconds, just something that would take away the ability to chain the uh, ability back to back. I think that would be the biggest way for me to still it be a very good mobility mobility ability. Gosh, that's difficult to say. Uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, but still, like that would keep streak in a very unique uh, class of its own. While this would, I think, still be a used ability. Um, Grizzly closes out saying, "Thanks for the years of consistent, high-quality entertainment." for all the thought-provoking theory crafting, for the best-named and now best <laughs> overall PvP guild on the PCNA server, and of course for the many shout-outs. Grizzly Khan. P.S. Shout-out to Uncle Sam for the Sam Sork. Thanks for making me good at PvP, dude. <laughs> uh, 
thank you, GrizzlyCon. Thanks for the awesome Sh- email, man. Shout out, GrizzlyCon. Thanks for being Grizzly. Yes, absolutely. All right. Next email comes from Gummy Bear. Gummy Bear also in the chat. Yep. Uh, Gummy says, hey, guys, happy 100 episodes. I started listening to the podcast at work because I enjoy ESO and I needed a fix for my addiction at work. And I found scrolling. So uh, I got addicted to listening to the pod and have actually listened to it twice over now. Wow. That's impressive. That is impressive. Uh, I figured I'd join the guild and it's probably one of the best things I've done because the Stoons goons are the best guild. I'll have to bleep it. (laughs) It's going to be a bleep. It's going to be a bleep (laughs) I've ever been a part of and the friendly atmosphere and how it really is just like a Bill Brasky sketch. Ha ha. Thank you for starting scrolling and creating this family. You guys are dope. Uh, Requested shout out Toadster, the birthday boy, last week on 420. Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Gummy Bear. Happy we can help you feed your addiction. It's uh, You can quit anytime you like, I know. Um, and we're happy to have you here, man. You're an awesome part of the community. You're always, yeah. you're always just a, a breath of fresh air, always in a good mood, making Absolutely. lighthearted Absolutely. little jokes and stuff. And Good old Gummy. Gummy gets it, right? Gummy gets it. That's the second T-shirt. Gummy gets it. <laughs> Gummy gets it. Yes. Yes. Um, And our last email comes from Taggart. New goon. Just joined us a couple nights ago, actually. Um, Taggart says, Hey, Cut and Davius, love the podcast. I just came back to ESO after a few years away, and your podcast has been top tier binge worthy for getting back up to speed in the game. Yeah, that's, you know, I never even realized that we could really be used as a resource in that way. But that's, um, that's a great, thank you so much for pointing that out. Yeah. Um, you see on, on the subreddit all the time and on the official forums all the time, people making, uh, posts saying like, Hey, a returning player, I've been gone for a few years. What I miss, you know, and the comments are always like, well, you missed too much for us to fill you in here, man. You're like, just, <laughs> you know, where it's a lot. Um, but you could do like Taggart here and go back and find, you know, whenever you stopped playing, find the episode that we released at that time and just listen your way up to present and we'll pretty much fill you in, you know. <laughs> My cat is meowing. Um, so, yeah, that's I mean, because that's the stuff we talk about, right? We talk about, hey, here's how you need to change your builds. Here's the, the, the sets that are changing, the abilities that are changing. Here's what that means. That's the stuff we try to focus on. So, yeah. um it's a really that's, cool uh, idea that I, and I agree with you. I'd never really thought about that, but a cool idea to use it as a resource. It's really neat. Yeah. I don't know if, if the cat is coming through on discord, but it will definitely be on the recording. So I just want to acknowledge <laughs> that I am aware of the cat meowing in the background. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, that, that's just pretty neat. Taggart asks, uh, when did you both start playing ESO? What attracted you to the game? Uh, or what attracted you? What attracted you to the game then, and what keeps you playing it today? Best regards, Haggard. Davis, I'll let you answer that question first. Uh, when did you start playing? What attracted you then, and why do you keep playing? Well, I mean, we kind of talked about it. I, you know, you you actually sold me on ESO. It started with conversations. You were kind of telling me about this game and how much fun it was, and um, you know, I I am I'm always big on on finding a game that you can 
play with a buddy and I think it makes it so much more fun. And so, uh, and I'm happy that I let you sell me on it. Uh, got the game and we've been playing together ever since. Um, and I, I love the game. ESO is so much fun. There's so many different things I like about it, but if I have to dwindle it down to just one thing of what keeps me coming back is, um, I mean, just, just, you know, always playing with you in this community. Like, uh, I mean, this is my number one favorite part about this game now is this community and playing with all these different people in it. Um, I think that's the most fun part about it by far. Yeah. Um, I started playing just a, just a couple months before Davis. That was back in 2016, right before the one Tamriel where like they, they changed all the zones so that they scale to your character's level. Like right around that time, the time that that change happened. Your your anti mount back then. I didn't have a mount for the longest time. I ran the whole map on foot, Catface Johnson. Um, and what attracted me at the time is I had just finished playing Skyrim, and I just wanted more, you know. And I I actually really didn't want to play an online game. I wanted a single player open world fantasy setting, but this is what I had, you know, this is what I had access to. <laughs> Uh, and I, I loved at the time, it was just like a, a mind bogglingly enormous world. Like it's going to take me a lifetime to explore this whole place and what, what sort of wonders await me out there. And you never get that first playthrough back, you know, yeah. like you can That's only true. have that one time and man, it was great. I was like, I was the perfect mark. I'm exactly who they made this game for. Um, what keeps me playing, I mean, I agree with you, Davis. It's my friends, and I look forward to just playing with my friends and hanging out with people while we're while we're logged in. Um, but if we set that aside and we just talk about something about the game that keeps me coming back, um, I, I really love the combat mechanics and the, the actual yeah. combat system and what it feels like to use the abilities and fight against other players. I think they have a, a special sauce here with this combat system that does not exist in any other game. Um, and I just, I just like it. I just, it's just fun to push the buttons and watch the things happen on the screen. You know, it's kind of <laughs> as simple as that, honestly. Um, so that, that, and, and the community and the friends that I have and everything, I think that's a combination of those two things. Um, so thanks for the email Taggart and, and welcome to the goons. Um, yeah. And he actually already like signed up for a Patreon just like Dang. earlier today. Like the dude just jumping in full force all of a sudden. Very Thank awesome. you so much, Tag. Appreciate it so much. Davey, it's, it's time to do your thing. You got to pick the favorite. We're going to hook them up with a million gold. Million gold. Um, my choice, I'm going to say, I, I thought about this ahead of time. I like Grizzly's email. Thought it was a pretty good one. What do you think? It, uh, it has happened. I, I'm actually going to agree with you on that. Uh, shout out Grizzly Khan. I think Grizzly Khan. <laughs> Grizzly Khan is the winner. He's 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 the one. Finally he happened, Grizz. He deserved it, buddy. <laughs> so again, that is scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. You can make any suggestions for the show, ask any questions, uh, say hello, tell us a joke. Uh it could be ESO related or not. Anything you like, scrollingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we have a guild. The guild's name is <laughs> Stoons Goons. It is literally the best PvP guild in the game. Uh, that also just so happens to be the best named guild on the PCNA server. It's also the official guild of the Scribbling Podcast. 
you'd like to be a member, you can uh, send us an email at scrollandpodcast at gmail.com and I'll send you an invite. If your guild roster is full, that's okay. You can just join the Discord. Uh, everyone who's on the Discord is a fully-fledged goon. Uh, and that's really where we're mostly talking and, and hanging out anyway. So you're really not missing out on anything. Um, so scroll podcast at gmail.com. We'll invite you to the discord or the guild or both. Um, if you'd like to support the show, one easy thing you can do is go to the Apple podcast app and give us a star rating and a written review that just makes it easy for, for people to find our show. If you'd like to go um, a step further than that and, uh, and help us in a bigger way, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast and receive Stoon's Boon for $3 a month. That gets you some extra Discord benefits, a guaranteed shout-out on every single episode. Uh, you get access to the Booncast. Uh, we have some videos, some written guides, and of course, that good feeling in your heart knowing that you're helping us out uh, supporting the show. Um, so that is patreon.com slash podcast. If you can't do Patreon right now, uh, the Discord is free. Please come hang out with us there. Uh, we'd, we'd love to have you. Everyone's welcome. Uh, so that's scrollingpodcast at gmail.com, and I'll send you an invite. Okay, shout out to the chat. I got to take a deep breath here. Hold on. I got to find my <laughs> screenshots. It took multiple because people were coming and going. And... Heck yeah. I don't think I'm gonna catch everybody, but shout out to uh shout out to the chat, Danjamin, Grizzly Con, Joral, KDMS, uh Gummy Bear, Mr. Moon, Taggart, Uncle Sam, Crimson. Uh Dr. Did I miss Dr. Professor, Dr. Professor was in here earlier. Thank you guys all so much for being here uh for our one hundredth episode. This is probably the most people we've ever had at a recording. Aberdeen. Another shout out to Uncle Sam, Joral. Kingnar, KDMS, Slavka, Exolion. We've all just been playing a lot here lately. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, shout out to the Elder Goons, the OGs. Thank you guys for being around for so long. Um, and shout out to our Stoons Boon recipients, Porkbody, Toadster, Gummy Bear, Grizzly Khan, Thomas, and our newest supporter, Taggard. Thank you so much, dude. And that's, that's all we've got. Davis, you have anything else before we go? I do. Uh, I I gotta throw another shout out to you. I, I know that that given to you me? two, you're really gonna build the addiction. But a uh, <laughs> uh, hundred episodes in, I mean, I, I again, just how awesome it is that you built this thing and built this community. Uh, and I think I speak for everybody, all the goons, when I just say how much we appreciate it and how much uh, you've really added something to for us. And and we all really enjoy it and look forward to playing together, talking together, and it's just, it's really added something, man. You've really brought together a lot of friends, and just just shout out to for, for really doing something really cool for all of us. I really appreciate it, man. It is absolutely my pleasure. This is, it's all been really, really awesome, and we're going to keep it going. You know, I think this is probably something I'll be doing for as long as I'm physically capable, you know, so... We're, 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 we'll start playing in episode 200. What's that one going to look Hashtag like? the next 100, <laughs> Danjavin says. Dang. Yep. What, what a line. What a great line from Danjavin <laughs> right there. So good. Hell yeah. All right. I guess that concludes episode 100. What's the, uh, how long have we been recording here? 
225. Okay. Two hours, 25 minutes is the recording time. And we pretty much started right away. And I doubt I cut much from this. Pretty good. Pretty good. It's a juicy one. All right, guys. Thank you very much for listening. And we will catch you next time. Thank you.